Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. A compilation of top-secret communications, all of colossal importance. And on it poured, from all corners of the globe, delivered en masse in high definition. If it were an Xbox or PS3 game, it would be the most exciting and difficult one ever created. But there was nothing made up about it. Here, real people lived and real people died every second of every day. This exercise was known in the topmost echelon of the intelligence community as the wall. The man hunched over the metal table was small and lean. His skin was light brown, his hair short and black and plastered to his small skull. His eyes were large and red from the tears. He was thirty-one years old but looked like he had aged ten years in the last four hours. Please, make it stop. I can't take this. I can't do this. At this comment, the tallest man behind the mirror stirred. His name was Peter Bunting. He was forty-seven years old, and this was, plain and simple, his operation, his ambition, his life. He lived and breathed it. At no time did at least part of his brain think of anything else. His hair had grayed considerably over the last six months for reasons tied directly to the wall, or more specifically, problems with the wall. He wore a custom-fitted jacket, shirt, and slacks. Though he had an athlete's body, he had never played competitive sports and wasn't particularly coordinated. What he did have was an abundance of brains and an inexhaustible desire to succeed. He graduated from college at age 19, held a postgraduate degree from Stanford, and had been a Rhodes Scholar. He had the perfect blend of strategic vision and street smarts. He was wealthy and well-connected, though he was unknown to the public. He had many reasons to be happy and merely one to be frustrated, angry even. And he was staring at it right now. Or rather, at him. Bunting looked down at the electronic tablet he was holding. He had asked the man numerous questions, the answers for which could be found in the data flow. He hadn't gotten a single response. Please tell me this is someone's screwed-up idea of a joke, he finally said, only he knew it wasn't. People here did not kid about anything. An older, shorter man in a wrinkled dress shirt spread his hands in a gesture of helplessness. The problem is he's classified as an E-5, Mr. Bunting. Well, this five ain't cutting it, obviously, shot back Bunting. They turned to look through the glass once more as the man in the room ripped off the headphones and screamed, I want out, now, no one said it would be like this. Bunting dropped his tablet on the table and slumped against the wall. The man in the room was Sohan Sharma. He had been their last best hope to fill the position of the analyst. Analyst with a capital A. There was only one. Sir, said the youngest man in the group. He was barely thirty, but his long and unruly hair and his boyish features made him appear far younger. His Adam's apples skittered nervously up and down like an elevator stuck shuttling between floors. Bunting rubbed his temples. I'm listening, Avery. He paused to crunch some tums. Just make it important. 
I'm a little stressed, as I'm sure you can tell. Sharma is a true five by every acceptable measure. It was only when he got to the wall that he fell apart. He glanced at the bank of computer screens that was monitoring Sharma's vitals and brain functions. His theta activity is spiked through the roof. Classic extreme information overload. It began one minute after we cranked the wall's throughput to max. Yeah, that part I figured out for myself. Bunting motioned to Sharma, who was now on the floor weeping. But a legit five and this is the result we get? How is that possible? Avery said, The chief problem is there's exponentially more data being thrown at the analyst. 10,000 hours of video, 100,000 reports, 4 million incident registers. The daily satellite imagery collection is in the multiple terabytes, and that's after it's been filtered.